0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of LAOFCS Weekly. We are going to be talking about award season and the best of TIFF and Toronto 2018. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Greatest Show. Uh, the reason why we're actually playing this song is because tell your ride, it says, enjoy the show, and also because I love The Greatest Showman, if you didn't get that already. So, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, brand new episode, this is episode five, and unlike the previous four episodes, this one's going to be a little bit different because we're actually recording this one a little bit earlier in the week because the panel that I'm with today will be going to festivals, so we won't be here on Friday when this normally airs at 11 a.m., and I want to turn this right over to them and uh, have them introduce themselves. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello. Um, Hello. My name is Ashley, and I write for We Live Entertainment, and this is...
0: Steven Sato <laughs> from the Movil Fest. Good to be here. So uh, we're very excited about this episode. It's I know if you're become a fan of this show, it's a little bit different because you're used to being in segments. So how this show is going to work is we're going to do just two segments, and they're not going to be the movie pick of the week or any spotlight because most of the movies this week are going to be indie spotlight. Let's be honest. Um, but what we're going to talk about is for the first 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to talk about um, leading up to awards season before the festivals, because this today, actually, when we're recording this show, which is on um, Tuesday, the uh, Venice Film Festival kicks off, and it's going to be going on for the next week and a half, uh, starting when this show is actually live, which is Friday, Telluride Film Festival starts, and then a week later, the Toronto International Film Festival starts, so... The first part of this show is going to be about the movies that came out before the festival season, and then we're going to talk about movies that we're excited to see that could be potential for award nominations at these festivals. So let's kick this right off. Stephen, we'll start with you. Um, you're going to the Toronto International Film Festival, but leading into that, what movies do you feel are, are have potential of being part of the award season buzz this year?
2: Well, it's it's kind of amazing, but I mean, I I really am getting a vibe from uh Crazy Rich Asians uh after seeing the box office last weekend that it isn't dropping. I think it's on its verge to, on on the verge of becoming a phenomenon and I think that may carry through through February. Um and I think that there are a lot of movies out there. Um, I, it's surprising covering the indie space. I really feel that really the studios up their game this year, and it's going to be a lot of studio movies that are really going to excite Oscar voters this year.
0: Yeah, um, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff that kind of came out from Sundance, but also, like you said, big studio movies that you normally wouldn't expect to be here and to be in this category at all. You know, most of the time we always have the fanboys saying, like, how come Star Wars or something like Big is not going to be nominated? But this year I think we're going to have a superhero movie that might be nominated for Best Picture. Ashley, which which movies do you think are going to be nominated from earlier?
1: Uh, for Best Picture or just... Just, just in the- general. I think we're actually... We're seeing... This year, I think we're seeing a really strong year for documentaries, surprisingly. Um, we've had some great documentaries the past few years, but they haven't had as much buzz as the ones that are this year. You know we're talking about RbG um, won't you Not, won't you be my neighbor? sorry, and three identical strangers are three really strong documentaries prior to even festival season. Um, so I think we could see some of those show up for the Oscars. I think what's going to happen with the Oscars, I think we're going to see, I know the popular category is uh, debatable on people actually wanting to see it, but I think it's going to throw a wrench in how the studios are going to, you know, approach award season. You know, are we going to see movies that should have been an Oscar for Best Picture, but studios aren't confident enough that it's going to, do well so they'll push it for popular as opposed to, you know, and we might see that with Crazy Rich Asians or, you know, one of the bigger movies this year. And I don't I don't know if that's for the best. I don't know if this year was the best year to do that.
2: Because it seems so obvious that Black Panther is going to be there around February. <laughs> so I just don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah,
1: that's that's why I'm nervous. I think, you know, I think Black Panther has a good chance at Best Picture, but will Disney end up pushing it for Best Picture after, you know, after all these awards movies comes out that come out that we're going to be talking about, are they still going to feel as confident to push Black Panther against, you know, these other huge movies that have festival buzz when it came out so long ago at this point?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of debatable at this point because, you know, I think a couple months ago, a lot of people were saying that movies like A Quiet Place would have a chance. And now seeing how the summer has progressed and seeing what movies have come out, I don't think it has a chance. Uh, I, I feel like that's a really great movie, but I feel like popular film might be where it might be, be put.
1: See, I don't know. I For A Quiet Place, I don't think I ever would have seen it in Best Picture. Okay. Um... I think we're going to see Quiet Place for a few of the special uh, awards, like sound editing or sound, um, some sound stuff, and maybe you know he might show up in original screenplay or director. Who knows? He might. But I I never really saw it for Best Picture. I don't know about yeah. how you felt about that, Stephen. And I wouldn't be surprised
2: if that's the kind of film that winds up. If if Black Panther is seen more as a Best Picture contender, a Quiet Place could be seen as more of a uh, whatever this popular category is. But I, I like Ashley. See, a quiet place racking up nominations left and right in those technical categories like sound design and uh, cinematography, and you know the the kinds where it it gets nine nominations and you sort of don't know where they come from, but <laughs> that's where they go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or the prior awards. What are the um, the awards that you do prior to the main show that are the, all the technical awards? You know. Most people don't know what those are, but it could win a lot in those just for, you know, the sound design and the, you know, um, the creation of the monster and the special effects that went into that, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I can see it in that. And I and I feel like the whatever award shows, I know the Spirit Awards does it. And there's a but that obviously won't fall into that category. But um, there's a lot of award shows like ours where they take a look at actresses under a certain age or actors underneath a certain age. And I, and I think Millicent Simmons might actually see a nomination there. Um, you know uh, it was the big talk in the beginning of the year for award season was Emily Blunt and uh, Tony Collette for hereditary and a quiet place. And I, I, don't know if that's going to happen because i think viola davis is going to come out of uh, widows whether that movie we have not seen it yet but whether or not that movie is as strong as we want it to be i still think that she's just looking at the trailers i feel like Mm -hmm. just give her the you know give her a nomination right now because she looks like she's going to be amazing in it so um steven is there any you you watch a lot of smaller films is there is there any ones that you that stood out to you as ones that you you hope that as award season starts going into full swing that you hope that people start pushing for like these like Bleecker Street or some of the smaller studios they start pushing for
2: um i feel like a lot of people slept on uh Lynn Ramsey's you Were never really here um which has a real powerhouse performance from Joaquin Phoenix um it's a very very violent movie which i could understand probably limited its appeal. But um, that was the one from earlier in the year that I thought really stuck as, as being, you know, a possible awards contender that had come through in the end.
0: Yeah, I think that one has the potential first reform. Yeah, uh, that was also and really good. And that
1: was Telluride last year. And that
0: was Telluride last year. Yeah. And I mean, that took a while to come out because it that did, was yeah. at Telluride. I think it was at Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then it was at uh, Sundance earlier this year. I only had a few screenings there. But, um, you know, everyone seemed to love that who saw that as well. Very little uh, talk about that movie, but um, it, it definitely deserves to be seen. And and Ethan Hawke definitely deserves a nomination, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the other movies that I've kind of brought up here is that I think Black Klansman right now is is pretty much golden. I, th- I think that's that's one across the board where you can look at best picture, best director, best actor. I see it being nominated in all those categories, probably even screenplay. Do you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. Well, and I think screenplay is going to be an interesting category for a lot of these movies. I'm I, sorry to bother you, I would hope, as a strong screen, screenplay contender as well. Um, and I think that's a place where a lot of these newer voices that come out of Sundance, uh, you know, typically one or two of those nominations uh, are sort of earmarked for the newer talent.
0: Yeah. I, ho- I mean, I hope so, too. I, I, I'm... I love "Sorry to Bother You." I thought that was like really original. It was out there. It was wacky. We, we've we've talked about this as a group, but I I think a lot of people know this is that when it comes to award season, um, you know, it's very specific about the types of movies that are being nominated and being presented there. And you know, the Academy is not always up to up to date with the rest of the world, which is why I think they started doing this popular film thing. I, I don't think it was. Negative intentions. I think they were just trying to look for a rating booster uh, because they they have been known to be out of touch. You know, that as, lo- as much as people say that the Golden Globes are a little bit more of a jokeier award show, they're fun and they're lighthearted and people enjoy them more. Uh, Oscars is way too serious. And I think, Ashley, you talked about this um, very political. And I think people.
1: You know, and I think, and I'm. You know, it, it has nothing to do with my political beliefs, that aside. Right. I think that there's a lot of people who, in the current political climate, tend to shy away from things that accentuate politics because they're tired of hearing it. They don't want to listen to it, you know. So when they are watching something like an award show, you know, they don't want to hear from, you know, an actor or director talking about politics, you know. That's a good majority of the country that we seem to forget about, Um you know, I totally understand where the, those actors and directors are coming from. They have a great platform to address some real issues that are important in the country. But I think that's a lot of what we're seeing, um, you know, especially in the middle of the country, tuning out, not watching because they don't want to hear that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um- you know the other movie like we didn't talk about. I,
1: I wanted to say sure, one more thing sure. about Sorry to Bother You. I think where we're not gonna, we may not see it necessarily with the Academy. I think it's going to play strong at the Independent Spirit Awards. Yes, it's oh, going to be really 100%, strong
0: there. One hundred percent. You guys think that any love whatsoever is going to be given to Tully?
2: I would hope so. <laughs> I, I <laughs> hope so. And I think it's the screenplay category. I mean, I think that that's where that nomination would come th- from, even though I think that both Charlize Theron and, and Mackenzie Davis are incredible in that film. Um, I, I think that, you know, they do like, because, because Diablo Cody has been nominated before and has won, that I think mm-hmm. that, that that would be where that would go.
0: Yeah, I, I just I feel devastated about this movie. I know I know like I you know as a film lover you know you see certain movies and and it's almost it's almost hurtful because you want other people to see it and like that movie just I, I saw it at Sundance it got rave reviews out of Sundance and then it came out and it was gone from the theaters within what two three weeks no one was it's talking bad. about it <laughs> yeah and I mean and this I thought Charlize Theron that's like one of the best performances since Monster I want to say. Um, You know, and Mackenzie Davis, I don't think, has ever been better in a film. And Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody as a screenwriting pair, they're always phenomenal. And uh, I just, I don't know why that one didn't click. I really don't.
2: Well, and I think an additional factor in this, actually, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it soon, is that, you know, Jason Reitman has another film coming out this year. (laughs) And so I think the attention on Tully, and I... I sure hope, I mean, it seems like Focus is getting really serious about Oscar campaigning this year. Um, I hope that they include it amongst their other films that they're going to push.
0: They are. Uh, If you go on their site already, I reached out to the person in charge over at Focus. They are stressed already because they have so many movies and they don't know what to push. Because, I mean, obviously they're going to push Black Klansmen, but they also have Won't You Be My Neighbor? And they also have Tully. And there's uh, Mary, Queen of Scots. There's so they many have a movies. Lot of they, really have, good they have ones a lot of here. really They're good movies. They're
1: very lucky, but yeah. You know, yeah,
0: it's very, I understand
1: the stress with that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't envy them. No. Um, not at all. Making
1: those decisions. No.
0: no. Um, so we're going to move into our film festival stuff. Uh, Steven, if you want to chime in on this, we're going to talk about Telluride first. Um, first, I want to give a big shout out. Um, I, I know a lot of people who go to Telluride read this blog, it's Michael's Telluride blog. Uh, I've been following it for the past two years. This guy is on the money. Every year he 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 does predictions, and I read them, and I, I, it gets me all excited of what I'm going to see there. And uh, this year he he's he's given us about 20 picks. I'm going to name some of these. I'm not going to name all of them, but he's saying his number one pick for going to be there is going to be the front runner, which you were just mentioning, uh, the old man in the gun, first man, Roma. The destroy, oh, destroyer. Sorry, not the the destroyer. Destroyer. The favorite. Cold War. Can you ever forgive me? Boy erased, and white boy Rick. So out of those movies, um, what are your guys' takes on those? I, I think every one of those has the potential of being huge this award season.
1: I, they're still saying um, the old man and the gun is probably going to be the uh, thing that's going to get Robert Redford an Oscar, um, or at least a nomination. (laughs) Um, as for the rest of them, going into festival season, I really try to be cautiously optimistic because they hype up so many movies, um, that it's just, you get to them and you're disappointed by the time, you know. 37 different websites are talking about the frontrunner or First Man, and then they're like, it's this, it's gonna be that, it's gonna be this, and then by the time you see it, you know, it never really lives up to the potential that you expected it to. Um, so I do t- tend to pull back a little bit, um, with my excitement for certain films, uh, especially those at a festival, but I, I love space, I love anything with space exploration, I love sci-fi type things, um, so First Man really was, like, right up my alley, I'm a huge history person, um, I'm, I'm nervous about it to say the least um because it is damien chazelle's follow-up to his oscar winner you know oscar winning movies not a follow-up but i mean it's his next film so there's a lot of pressure on him for it to be good and it makes me a little bit anxious to say
0: the least (laughs) out of those Stephen, which ones are you uh
2: you know, I'm so unbelievably excited for Roma, the uh, Alfonso Cuarbon film, his first film since Gravity. I mean, we're we're talking about all these filmmakers who are returning off, you know, these big career triumphs and about to do something uh, and, yeah, trying to outdo themselves. And I know that that can be a daunting thing, but also exciting when, when they come through with, you know, what you loved about the last film. So. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Roma. Um, I'm looking forward to First Man. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, and I can't, (laughs) it's a very exciting, yeah, it's it's a very exciting slate, especially because Khan didn't get as much of these films as you thought that they were going to. A lot of them were pushed to the fall and, um, because of the Netflix ban that they had at Khan and, um, so, yeah, fall festival season is really loaded this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Con Film Festival this year was probably one of the weakest lineups that I've seen in quite some time. I mean, usually when people are posting about it, they're, exce- you know, I always get jealous that I don't get to go. And this year, I looked at anything, and I said, "Well, there's probably like three or four things that I would want to see there." So I was kind of like, "Oh, this was it." So okay we're not going
1: to make the like yeah. six thousand mile trip or three thousand mile trip. Yeah.
0: So I wasn't, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out because I do feel outside of Black Klansmen, which took that by storm, you know, that was like the big movie there. There wasn't anything else that really anyone was talking about outside of that festival. Um, for me, um, I am very excited about the Old Man and the Gun with um, uh, David Lowry, Is that yeah. yes? Uh, I really love Peach Dragon, um, and I loved Ghost Story. He's he's a very uh, strange filmmaker to say the least, but he's he's very good at telling very different stories. Each movie he's he makes is much different than the next one, and I I really do admire him and him working with Sissy C- Spacek and Robert Redford, and this is going to be, and it's been on on record now, that this is going to be his final film, and the man who's been in so many movies, has done so much for film, has never been nominated for an Academy Award. Um, our friend who's part of this group, Kit Bowen, also said, like, she thinks this is going to be the year he's going to win, and I I agree. I mean, it's... I haven't seen this movie yet, but the potential is there. It's based on a true story. There seems like everyone involved has been passionate about this. They've been talking about it for a really long time, so I think this is going to be the big one. Um, I'm really also curious about the favorite, um, that movie, because... Me and Ashley saw Sacred Killing of a Deer or whatever what was the movie? What the was The Killing it? of a Sacred, Sacred deer. deer? Yeah. And, and, and the Lobster. And the Lobster. <laughs> so we were like the two wackos who did not like the Lobster. We but we saw no. we saw that movie at uh, AFI. An AFI. And we were like, uh, why what? does everyone like this? Sacred Deer was so weird, but, but we We, we, we kinda bought into it. And this So now one, we're
1: like, hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's what a the toss
1: make- up. It'll we'll either we're either gonna really like it or it's gonna be a what is with this guy?
0: Yeah, but I mean Rachel Weisz and and um, Emma Stone is in it, so mm-hmm. I mean I'm already sold on those two because uh, they're two of my favorite actresses. So I'm really excited about this movie. Although I'm hesitant because I'm so iffy on this director. Do okay. you have any take on this? I was
2: gonna say. Well, I think it's interesting because I don't think I think this is the first time he's not working from one of his own scripts. So he's oh. directing someone else's. script. And hmm. uh I you know, I'm I'm very, very curious about it. <laughs> I, I, I am given hope by the tell your ride and, and uh, if if he goes to tell your ride, but for sure Venice and for sure New York and you know, those are stamps of approval. I mean the New York opening night is a big stamp of approval.
0: Yeah. No, I think so. Um you know, remember last year, this is just a random side conversation. Remember when um uh, downsizing opened Venice last year, right? <laughs> And everyone was like going crazy. Like, oh my God, Alexander Payne did it again. And then it screened a ride, and everyone was like, Alexander Payne did not do it again. And then as award season went on, everyone was like, this is the most racist movie ever made. I hate this movie. And it like went from like a 90 something percent down to like, what a 40 something like that. It was, it's amazing. Um, but you know, film festivals are not always welcome, welcoming places to movies. um, because sometimes they get harsh criticism. I remember me and Ashley saw Suburbicon last year, which we both happened to really like. But man, that movie got slammed left and right. But it I, happens. I,
2: it's something you don't really realize until you're in at at one of these major festivals where they've never shown it before to anybody. They may not have even had test screenings of it because the movie hasn't been done yet. Mm-hmm. But there are movies that actually die in the first. I mean, in the first screening in the first room, and you can feel the air just being sucked out, of
1: it. or the people just leaving. Yeah, yeah. And that, tons those of are walk-outs. painful. Yeah. yeah. What was the one that you saw at uh, Sundance and it was, like, so many people... Oh, um... Oh, my gosh.
0: Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man. Scott
1: saw it in the first screening and so many people walked out of that movie. But yeah. it's just... Film festivals are kind of interesting because I feel like they go one of two ways. Like, you get really great buzz out of it or you get slammed. Like, I really don't think there's much... Like, you won't hear much of the movies that were like, it was okay. Like, they will never go anywhere. So, for a lot of these filmmakers and, um, you know, actors and everything, it's like the film festivals are, you know... They're, like, holding their breath and, like, hoping that, you know, people are liking what they're seeing. Well and they're
2: saying that that this year that's why Tell Your ride is actually a smaller that not as many of the high profile films are going to Tell Your Ride first but they're going to Toronto because they want perhaps a larger section of people as opposed to the small group of the small group of journalists there determining the fate of the movie they want a larger sample size.
0: That's interesting. Do you, do you think Suspiria is going to be a Tell Your Ride? I I cuz it's missing from a lot of festivals.
2: You know I know I know that they love him there, so it wouldn't surprise me, but I also think that um knowing the the changes at Amazon right now where they're going to a more commercial studio, I think that they're actually trying to hit the genre festivals as opposed to the higher the more prestigious festivals. I wouldn't be surprised if that if Suspiria shows up at, you know, Beyond Fest in Los Angeles and Fantastic Fest in Austin and sort of takes that route, despite Luca Guadagnino being the director and coming off Call Me By Your Name.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people were really hyped about that movie, and it, it kind of, it's weird, because they feel like, as us, as, as people in the industry, we, we have expectations. And, like, when a movie doesn't show up, at certain festivals we're kind of like wondering like is it not like, good? Like what is wrong? Yeah. Like <laughs> what's wrong with this? <laughs> like and, what are
1: you hiding? Yeah
0: and then the trailer for that just came out the second trailer and I know it got very mixed response from people and I know everyone was riding on this movie supposed to be this huge major thing and it's, it's a cult film the original is a cult film it's loved by movie lovers really only and horror nuts but other than that the average person has no idea what that is So I am a little concerned about that, but I do see what you're saying about going to Fantastic Fest and really making a splash there. Plus, with all the stuff that happened lately with Fantastic Fest over the last couple of years, they can really use something that could really draw in an audience. So that might be a good fit, but they do have Halloween there as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, and the crazy little bit of trivia with this is that um, David Gordon Green was originally going to direct the Suspiria remake with Natalie Portman that Luca Guadagnino was, was going to produce. And Luca Guadagnino uh, work, worked tirelessly to produce that movie and then wound up taking the director spot on it. And now we've got both of these movies this year, um, about 10 years after both of them were supposed to be made with those directors.
0: It's pretty crazy. I mean, there there's so much coming out this year. And I think an interesting other thing we need to point out is how many of these movies are actually from a streaming service? You know, like we, you mentioned that it's Netflix, Amazon, Amazon. Na- Amazon Studios. Yeah. I mean, the um, Roma, which is what I've heard in the industry from talks, is, is supposed to be one of the, the big contenders outside of Black Klansmen this year. And to think now that Netflix might have that, and then they also have Outlaw King, which is uh, the return for uh, Chris Chris Pine and dude. Uh, what's the dude's name from? Uh, I know right. I can't remember. <laughs> oh no! From what? From Wind uh, River. He directed Wind River, and he directed um, Hell or High Water. I can't remember. Oh, David Mackenzie is the director. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, you know, I think that's going to be a big. It's, a, it's going to be an interesting year because Netflix might actually make some buzz this year.
2: Uh, well, the thing that, I mean, in planning my Toronto schedule... It, uh, you got it.
0: It's Taylor, Sheridan, <laughs> Taylor was a, Sheridan. Was the director. Sorry.
2: Absolutely. Well, I was just going to say, you know, that's one of the big things about the festival season this year. It may be the only place you see some of these movies mm-hmm. on a big screen. and I mean, they're coming right. from Paul Greengrass and... and and yeah, Alfonso Cuarón and uh, and Jeremy Saulnier, who has *Hold the Dark*. Um, these are big screen movies that mm-hmm. you want to see in a theater. And as I've heard about *Roma*, I mean, you need an incredible sound system for that film. So,
0: don't they yeah. also have Netflix? Also have the Scorsese film? Yeah, year?
2: next uh, next year. Oh, it's They've next got, year. I'm, okay, okay. It's apparently run way over schedule because of the de-aging effects that they have to do on the cast and oh okay okay
0: <laughs> all right so um that's for telluride now moving on to toronto um a lot of this stuff is going to be carrying over if if michael's right which he probably is. um out of that since uh, i've been talking a little bit what, what are your guys uh what are you most looking forward to at toronto
2: Go ahead, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to leave it to you, but um, I... It's your first year, or no, you've and, been yeah. before. Never mind, never I um, okay. No, um, St- uh, Stella McGee's The Weekend is actually uh, top of my list. Um, uh, she directed a film called Gene of the Joneses that premiered at South by Southwest a few years ago and then did Everything, Everything, and I understand that this is a return to uh, the sort of urbane comedy that she made with Gene of the Joneses. Um, it's got... Uh, the Wanda Wise and, uh, and Sashir Zameda. And, uh, I, I think it's just going to be, it's one of the ones that Cameron Bailey, the TIFF uh, executive director is tipping off as one of his favorites. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, yeah. And I, and, and, uh, I, I'm trying to, um, if Beale Street could talk mm-hmm. is the new Barry Jenkins film.
1: And, uh, yeah, which is interesting because you're having something from Damien and very. <laughs> we could have a began. repeat of the last, <laughs> last year, hopefully not. But then, you know, um, I think that's going to be really good.
0: I'm surprised we were talking about this on the way over. I'm amazed that um, Beale Street is not at A24 because you would think after such success of Moonlight, they would have been like, you Barry know Jenkins. what? We need him. Yeah. We need to keep him.
1: No, but it's Annapurna, right? Yeah, it's Annapurna
0: mm-hmm. now. And uh, for me, I mean, I'm really excited. Uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Fahrenheit 119. Yeah. Um, you know, if that tells you where I stand politically, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. But um, I've I've always enjoyed Michael Moore's movies, and um, I feel you know, like where this, to invade next? Yeah, and, yeah where to yeah. invade next? And. I feel like this though. It, it, this is going to be a very angry documentary. I feel this is going to be a very, very angry documentary.
1: It plays at Ryerson, right? Yes. I think it's gonna. I think it's going to. If, if you've ever been to Toronto, you've seen screenings at Ryerson, right? Yes. Yeah. It's bananas on like a normal screening. I think we're gonna see you know security and police officers and so much um, activity around that area for that screening, it's gonna be a little crazy, um, and I think it's going to have a lot of, it might, you you never know with politically charged movies like this, you may have protesters, it might be, you know, you never know what you're gonna get there, so, um, it is definitely on the top of my list, a lot, I struggle with, film festivals because I feel like a lot of the movies that people are talking about are those movies that have, you know, the studio backing already. You know, if you've you've got, um, A Star is Born and, you know, movies that are already like, everybody's just gonna love them because they're gonna love them. Where, you know, I think what's great about these festivals, a lot of the smaller movies, like what Steven, a lot of the movies Steven sees are things that people aren't talking about right away, but are actually great movies that aren't, you know, super hyped. And I think a lot of them tend to be different movies that a lot of people don't want to see. Uh, but the ones that I'm looking forward to, I'm looking for Paul Dano's uh, directorial debut in Wildlife. Um, I think that's going to be great. It's, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it and Carrie Mulligan. Um, and then as well as A Million Little Pieces, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. The book but, came out in, like, oh, 2000-something... Ugh. And then it was like it was a big
2: controversy because it was fabric yeah it was fabricated part of it was fabricated
1: yeah yeah. and it was uh, James Frey and I think uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's in it uh, which I think he would be a really interesting it's like a weird combination of things for me because I'm (laughs) like it could be good or it could be really terrible because like there's Sam Taylor Johnson who did Fifty Shades of Grey. But then you have Aaron Taylor Johnson and <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob Thornton, and then the actual book that it's based on is really entertaining, mostly because it's probably fabricated. But it's just—it's got like all this stuff, and it was like well, it was an—it was on Oprah's book yeah. list. And, it was like, one of the
2: biggest books. Yeah. So
1: it's—I'm interested to see. I'm—I'm I'm they made a movie, so <laughs> I'm interested to see what. Becomes of that, um, and then I think a, a movie that's going to kind of come out of nowhere for some people is going to be where hands touch, and it's Amanda Stenberg, um, and Ama Asante, who did uh, United Kingdom. Um, so it's about it's it takes place during the forties, during you know Hitler's reign and stuff like this, and she falls in love with a uh, member of the Hitler Youth. So
0: it, it's funny because you brought you brought her up, and you brought everything, her up everything, everything up. <laughs> And me and Ashley did not like everything, everything, no. at all. Mm-mm. And I, I nothing, saw nothing. I saw yeah, I saw her in Darkest Minds, another failure, but not uh, not her fault. But I thought she was really strong in that movie, and now she has The Hate You Give, and mm-hmm. she has this one, and I feel like they're really pushing her. And I and I saw it a little bit more in Her Darkest Minds. I'm like, she does have star power. It's just she needs better material. And I'm hoping with these two movies that are both very different, but they're both about race issues, I feel like they might be the movies to push her over the edge and I, might actually get her out there. I think
1: she might get those under 25 yeah. awards, you know, nominations just for... The hate you give you know that trailer that they put out is so powerful and her emotions and just that little bit of the film that they show are really strong so i think we might finally see like her come out of her shell and see what we've been you know what other people were expecting to see in the theater you know with her great performances
2: and I think Hate You Give is going to get a real bounce out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you, they've they've already. I mean, I'm somebody that buys tickets, so I I've been seen. I mean, that's been the one that's been selling out there, and uh, yeah, I I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to explode there.
0: I think that's going to be big. The other one that everyone's talking about, and I, I got confirmation from a friend who does not want to be named that they saw Stars Born, and apparently it it's not as Good as that review came out the other day calling it the best no, movie that has ever existed in the world. I'm but. telling you, that was a
1: joke. Somebody was just messing with yeah, people, yeah, and then they yeah. just
0: got called Fist out. This movie's be- better than Woody Allen, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino combined. Huge, no, yeah. they brought it like yeah. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steven Spielberg
1: got nothing on this. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally think that was a joke. Yeah, But, yeah, no, I, I think it's... I it, think it's gonna... I. Here's my concern with it, and I yeah. don't know if you guys share the same thing. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper are hugely popular. Yes. I don't know very many people who don't like them. Um, I think the appeal for this film going to Toronto is that it's going to get that big buzz. It's going to get that big opening night. You know, like the streets are going to be blocked and there's going to be people everywhere. It's going to be crazy. And that's what they want. Oh, yeah. Whether the movie's going to deliver on all of that, like I said, all of that hype that it's creating, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a remake of a Barbra Streisand film is a little weird to me. Um, You know, and you put someone like, you know, Lady Gaga in a movie, and it's like, you know her voice, you know how powerful a voice is. So it's it's almost like two-on-the-nose casting. Uh, It's it's very strange to me. And I will not be surprised. I'm going to call it now that at Toronto, if they're going to do like some kind of live performance after the screening
1: with Lady Gaga. Yeah. Like they're going to
0: do something where her and Bradley Cooper are going to come out and do a duet or something together would not surprise me in the slightest, because I know Warner Brothers we're, we're, were big fans and big supporters of them. They like to go bigger. They go home, uh, you know. <laughs> like, they, Comic-Con. like a comic con, even I mean, they're
1: like, "You all can leave." <laughs> even at South
0: by Southwest, they killed it this year with Ready Player One. They did a whole experience. They mm-hmm. they they did a great after party they for do that movie. Great. Yeah,
1: they do really fun stuff. So
0: so it would not surprise me if they do something. Maybe they'll even shut down the street and do a live concert. Well, I, did, I, you
1: know even for Smallfoot, they have a big experience and they Hollywood. own that
0: corner
2: now, yeah. don't they? I mean, because they yeah. did it there and yeah.
1: So they, I mean, they they know. How to do fun stuff? So I would, I think you're right. I wouldn't be surprised. The one thing that I'm still stuck on right now, Bohemian Rhapsody. I yes. would be so surprised if it doesn't show up. I mean, I don't believe it'll show up at Telluride because I don't think it's that type of film. But I would be really surprised if it's not at Tellur- at Toronto. And I think if it's not, that's a little concerning for me because you know I love Rami Malek. I think he's great, but. He's lip syncing in this. He's in, and it's really hard to sell artists who are not actually singing, um, and then to not have it at this big festival. It makes me very nervous on how it is.
2: I I, I don't think know what your they're, are. <laughs> well I think they're slightly nervous about that film, not because of I mean I I trust that Rami Malek gives an amazing performance in it, but because they replaced directors on it with mm-hmm. Brian Singer and Dexter Fletcher, and I think that they're just maybe being really careful with how they're going to roll that one out, um, whether the film is great or, or not. I mean I've I've heard talk both ways, so
1: <laughs> and do you think they're holding back on it because you know if it comes up in Toronto against an already musically charged movie, a star is born. Do you think it's not going to have as strong of an impact?
2: It's true. Well, you know, something I wanted to bring up, there are four movies. I mean, I've counted at least four movies about pop stars uh, going to Toronto. There's Natalie Portman in Fox Lux. Mm-hmm. There's Elle Fanning in Teen Spirit. Um, and I it, uh, Alex Ross Perry's uh, Her Smell with Elizabeth Moss. It's It's inundated this year with, with music,
0: which
1: sounds like it would musicians. be South by Southwest because yeah. they do so many musically charged things but it's interesting yeah Linda. you're right I didn't notice that until you pointed it out
0: the, uh, I mean there's always themes I mean you've noticed this right at film festivals like there's so many different themes this is going to be the year my prediction is the year that everyone's going to cry mm-hmm. like every other movie you're going to come out of like oh, beautiful I'm, boy i'm warning, you're going to cry life I'm, itself you're going to cry no, no no
1: i'm warning anybody who sits near me during life itself like i am going to ugly cry i know it and scott and i were watching the trailer the other day and i'm like this person dies This person dies. (laughs) Everyone dies. It's going to be sad. And Scott's like, God, calm down. (laughs) No, like, I'm trying to emotionally prepare myself. Um, But you know, this is us hits, you know, a lot of people really hard. And when, you know, Dan Fogelman, I think, I'm very, I'm, I'm, this is one where I'm really trying to dial back my excitement, but I'm like, I'm ready.
2: And from that trailer, it really seems like a season of This Is Us condensed mm-hmm. into a two-hour yeah.
1: time frame.
2: So they're going to cut out all the stuff where you don't cry. Which I mean, if
1: it's great, that's that's yeah. going to be like amazing for that studio because that's the marketing they want to push from the creator of This Is Us or from the person from This Is Us because This Is Us is a powerhouse show right now. You know, everyone's loving it, even though some people would say the second season wasn't as great. Um, I think that it's it's going to ride on those, you know, ride that wave <laughs> right right to Oscar season. <laughs> me,
0: too. Me, too. Um, you know, speaking of studios, I mean, Fox is is having a killer year with this um, with Widows going there. If Bohemian Rhapsody is good, they have that. Um, and then there's one other one. Why can't I remember the other name of the movie? There's one other movie that they have that's really big. Oh, it's a Hey You Gif. Yeah. Hey You Give. Yeah, of of hey, you give. <laughs> so they have three major releases. Then for Midnight Madness, they bringing Predator there, which has so much hype from you know San Diego Comic Con. The mm-hmm. footage they show, everyone really went crazy for it. And but of
1: course, it has to be at Midnight Madness because if you know anything about the clips that played at oh, South yeah, by, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. was ninety percent bleeped out because <laughs> it was just like we can't show all these curse words in Hall H. Which it was why, an interesting clip to that? select. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think it, I think. You know, I think they brought it. I think it was a strategic move to carefully, you know, plant like this is the type of movie that we're making, and we're going to put it at a Midnight Madness at Toronto. Um, Which, if people aren't familiar, Midnight Madness shows crazy movies. Like, what was that one we saw, Mom and Dad?
0: Yes. (laughs) Did you see
2: that? And it was the most insane riot screening I think I've seen. Craziest
1: movie. And we were just like, what am I watching? But, you know, that's the type of movie. So it's, it's interesting to me that they. They really want to push Predator as a midnight, which shows me that I think it's going to be a lot more gory and I think it's going to be a lot more, you know, rough than we expect from Predator. I mean, Predator is normally, you know, yes. pretty rough, but I think they're saying we're pushing
0: it with this. One. Oh, I think so. I think so. And I mean, Halloween, of course, is the big Midnight Madness movie.
1: I don't, I just in case people don't know, I don't do horror movies because I am a <laughs> giant scaredy cat, but I'm gonna see Halloween. So, I might not sleep for like a week, but it's like one of those that I have to. You know, it's Halloween. I have to see it. So, I just had to get that in there. Well, and I mean,
0: I mean and you know, Jason Blum is attached to this movie. And yeah. we always, we always, I, every, every show that I'm on, I always talk about Jason Blum and Blumhouse and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The man is a master. All right. He, he knows the industry. He knows how to market a movie. He knows how to budget a movie. He's just the man. Okay. So, he's the man. So, bringing this movie to TIFF and showing it where I think everyone is going to be so psyched to see it. He couldn't ask for a better place to screen this movie for the first Mm -hmm. time. And I, I can't wait to be there when that movie ends (laughs) and to see that reaction and, you know, see Jamie Lee Curtis takes the stage and man, she's probably gonna get a standing ovation. And I mean, people are going to, I can only this, this, what I learned from Comic-Con is that this movie means so much. This franchise means so much to so many people, and it 's weird to think about it because it 's a horror movie, but it really does it means so much our, our friend dimitri who 's on uh, Meet the movie press with us he he absolutely adores Halloween like he he can talk to you about it all day and like he has all these like little tidbits about it um, so i 'm really excited for this we 're going to see it with our friends uh, Robert and Jen. And uh, they're (laughs) They're super pumped about it. So we're really excited. You know,
1: and that brings up a point that I think is interesting for critics. I really feel like sometimes. You know, I know, I know. We like to see them in the quiet theaters with all the press people, but I think sometimes you just have to see it with the general audience. You know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna watch Halloween with ten people in a small screening room. You know, you want to see that movie with like 150 fans who are screaming and excited about everything. You know, that's the kind of movie that you want to see. So, I'm very excited to see it with Janet and Rob. Yeah,
0: I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. And then um, we didn't talk about uh, a couple of things I want to talk about real quick. Is okay. we didn't talking about beautiful boy which i i think steve corral this year has three movies coming out uh he has this and they one they
1: still haven't announced marwin yet yeah
0: they didn't announce marwin i which...
1: think that's gonna play it tell you Ryan i'm leaning towards
2: afi just because of the release dates are you i i they need big movies at afi but that... yeah because of how so... bad a week it was last year yeah I think so. I mean, I, I just see that as being one of the big galas at AFI.
1: Maybe that... I'm just really excited and want to see it. <laughs> I'm projecting that onto it. But...
0: but he has that one. He also has Cheney, or Backseat. I think that's the name of it mm-hmm. temporarily right now. And um, he has Beautiful Boy. And I, I think this is going to be the year again. It's It's so hard because I feel like we have so many strong contenders that when it comes to voting, even in our organization this year, I think I'm going to struggle. Because do I want to see the, the, uh, John Washington from Black Klansman get it? Yes. But I'm, I'm pretty sure after I see w- w- all of these movies, I'm going to say I want Steve Carell to win and I'm going to want Robert Redford to win. And it, I'm, it's going to be really, really difficult this year. Um, we're lucky though. We, we yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of great
1: stuff coming out <laughs> yeah. this
0: year. Um and then um finally uh Lucas Hedges has two movies at, at TIFF.
1: I think this is gonna be Three. this year. Three mid nineties Ben and I forgot he was in mid nineties. Because I I, don't, it, I don't, <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's the guy I don't like, right? No, no,
0: you like him. You don't like Timothy Chalamet.
1: No, not him. The guy who made mid nineties.
0: Oh, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill.
1: Little yeah. Seth Rogen, Little
0: Seth Rogen, yes, <laughs> now thinner Little Seth Rogen, yes. Thinner. No, <laughs> but
1: like I, I, I don't know how he's going to be behind the camera. You know, dealing with that aspect, I just don't think his i his humor does not jive with me. Um, you know, so it's like it's kind of hard to see him in that kind of. Uh, Position, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I'll see mid nineties, but it's like it's not one of those moments. that I'm
0: excited. It's not. Fun. I'm not. I'm not super psyched about it either. It's it's just there. But, but I
1: do like Lucas Hedges.
0: Lucas Hedges, I think. Boy erased and um, Ben is back. Ben is back. Looks like I don't even know what to make of that little teaser trailer that they they showed. But um, I'm going to just say it. I, I Nothing against Tim, Timothy Chalamet. I, I think Timothy Chalamet is, is is very good. But. Lucas Hedges, I think, has the edge on him. I think he has the lead on him, and I, I think when you've seen him in um, the oh gosh Manchester, Ma- by, the Manchester by the Sea, the Lady Bird, see-
1: no, the chicken scene in Manchester <laughs> by the Sea had me crying. Yeah, had yeah. me crying. So you know, I think I think this year he's going to kind of get that chance to shine, and I think we're going to see him maybe.
0: Is he under 25, too? Will he be another one joining that? I think Matt? so, yeah. yes. So it's going to be him, Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> Millicent Simmons, uh, Amanda, what's her last name? Amanda Stenberg. Stenberg. I mean, yeah, there you go. There's four of the five this year. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're, we got about a minute and a half left. Is uh, anything you guys want to say? Closing remarks? Uh, where can we find you?
2: I, uh, I, again, Steven dot movablefest.com, and, uh, you know, the one we, that we didn't mention, uh, we glossed over was Destroyer, the Nicole Kidman film. We really Uh, did. And I think that's going to be exciting as well.
0: She did, uh, that's the same director who did The Invitation, right? The Invitation, yeah. Very underrated film that was at South by Southwest. Didn't really go, go much, much of anywhere, to be honest, but a lot of people talk about now it's a cult classic. So, right. yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm very curious to see it. She's going to have another, she's going to have a great year, too.
2: And, and they did a Christmas release date for it. So I think that they know what they've got.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Ash, closing remarks?
1: I think uh, I just want to say that I feel very lucky that we have a lot of great films to talk about from these festivals and i think we have some really talented filmmakers um that are gonna be at these festivals so i am very appreciative that they bring these great movies for us to see and enjoy so i am very much looking forward to tell your ride and toronto this year
0: sounds good um, I am very pumped for both these festivals. The, the, this is the beginning of my Super Bowl season. You know, football season starts. This is this is award season starts. And um, we had some great movies so far in 2018. And to start opening up the doors for a whole bunch of new ones, I'm super duper excited. Uh, so for the next two weeks, you're going to notice like the show is going to be a little bit different. Um, there's going to be one week where we're going to send in a video to play, where it's going to be a couple members of us. Maybe we'll, ha- we'll find, we'll track down Steven and we'll get him to do a video. We usually with see us. a passing yeah. blur of we'll, Steven we'll, we'll, at we'll, film festivals. We'll, we'll, we're we'll, like Steven! We'll find someone to do it. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna figure that out, and we're gonna do something a nice little kind of like festival recap video for you guys, and then um, I'm gonna talk with some of the other members of the LAOFCS who maybe are not coming to the festival and maybe they'll do a show for you uh, without me. So you can let me know what you think of someone else sitting in this chair. Um, but thank you so much for watching. Like, share this video, um, subscribe to the Popcorn Talk Network and uh, thanks for watching. See you soon. Bye. Thanks. From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com.